Welcome to the Anchor Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help you grow in your walk with the Lord by an in-depth study of the Word of God. So grab your Bible and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with today's message. So we're going to look at the Sabbath and we're going to relate it to our country. We're going to relate it to the freedoms that we enjoy, but are now eroding because people are encroaching on those freedoms and wanting to take those freedoms away. So we're going to show you how our framers took the Ten Commandments. Understand the Ten Commandments are the basis of where we set America up as. That's our Judeo-Christian roots, is the Ten Commandments and the Bible and things of that nature. So I want to show you how our framers took these passages and built this great nation. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in our country don't appreciate our great nation. In fact, would like to take it away. Would like to burn the whole thing down. Would like to take our freedoms away. And we have to fight for that. So understand that freedom, the concept of freedom, comes from the Bible. It doesn't come from out there. It comes from God. God is the one who defines freedom and gives it to Israel gives it to us as believers, and shows us physically and spiritually how not to be slaves to anyone or anything. And so I find it funny that now they're calling our country a racist country. They're saying that the whole thing needs to be burned down. Understand, please, folks, that is a made-up hoax to get us to divide to get us to burn the Constitution down and the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights because they want to replace it with their globalism. That's what's happening. Understand, too, that freedom is extremely rare in history. What you and I experience is extremely rare. Very few people and societies had it. Israel is one of the first societies to experience that kind of freedom because of what God gave them. Before that, and even after that, and even until today, most countries were ran by a king and then its servants. And most of the people in there were just nothing but slaves. Slavery was the norm. It eventually, in the future, the Antichrist will make everyone a slave, so slavery is coming back under the Antichrist. But slavery has been the norm. So the idea of a free country... You say, well, people had slaves in Israel. Yeah, yeah, you don't understand. It wasn't because of the color of skin. It's because this is how you paid off debt. The reason Israel had slaves, per se, is probably the wrong terminology to use. Is because people would get a loan from somebody that had money. And the way you paid back that loan is you indentured yourself to them until you paid it back. Typically, seven years. That's why you'll see the term slave come up. It really, it should be interchanged with employee. But slavery outside of that, the bad slavery has been the norm. And it was America that ended slavery. It was America that lost 600,000 lives, I believe, to free that situation from slavery. Now people say, well, why did it happen up until the Civil War? Because the Revolutionary War had a bigger fish to fry. And the fish was we had to break away from England's tyrannical dictatorship of what they were doing to the colonies. So the the framers already knew we got to deal with the slavery issue, but we've got to fight this fight now. 
We have to separate from Britain, and that's what they did. And then they pushed that off as a secondary issue. We'll deal with that later. And so they fought the Revolutionary War, which we are celebrating today, right? The Declaration of Independence, our freedom. That being the case, people want to change our history. They want to call us a no-good imperialist, colonialist, misogynistic, homophobic, Islamophobic, racist country. Really? Then how come so many people want to come here? No one's fleeing to Russia. No one's fleeing to China. Maybe the NBA and, and uh, LeBron James, well, he can go have it. They signed his ticket. But why is everyone going to come here? We're such a bad country. Why is that? Why are we expecting to have 2 million illegal aliens pour over our border in this next year? Why? Because they know we have freedom. We have something rare that's in, that's in history that has never been seen before, and people seek to take it. Let me show you this picture, and you might recall this, maybe, if you, if you lived during that era. This was before my time. But I want to show you this picture to show you the erosion of freedom. Let me ask you this question before I talk about this picture. Are you less free today than three years ago? You have to say yes because of what happened last year. They took away some of your rights last year and are not wanting to really give them back. They shut down the churches. They shut down the economies. They shut down the schools. What about the freedom of religion? Don't I have the right to freedom of religion? Oh, no, you don't, that, doesn't, that doesn't count. We, we take that away, Gavin Newsom said. See, we're less free than we were 10 years ago, than 20 years ago, than 30, 40, 50. This is Woodstock 1969. Did you catch that one? Look at the crowds. Now, the reason I'm going to point this out is because you know what was going on during this time? The Hong Kong flu. No one told them at Woodstock, six feet apart. No one said, wear a mask. No one said, shut down the economy, shut down the schools. No, this is what they were doing. Because if someone had attempted that in 1969, the culture of America say, you know what? Put an egg in your shoe and beat it. Get out of here. We're not giving up any rights to you. They wouldn't have done that, right? You know the culture at that time wouldn't have given up rights. Even the hippies wouldn't have given up the rights. But today, last year, they said this is no good. You better stay at your home. You better shut down. You better wear a mask. Fauci said wear two masks. And that little liar that came out about Fauci, and people are still wearing masks. And it's like, dude, did you not hear the, the story of how this mask don't work? I guess not. I guess not. But people are willing to give up their rights. Now, why? Before we get into the text, I, I want to put this out here. Liberty has to be taught. Okay? Every generation has to be taught what this liberty is, that it comes from God. It's based on certain things, and I'll show you today. But if it is not, what will happen is, because of our sin nature, we will gravitate towards slavery, even on an individual level. Well, what do you mean? Your sin nature will pull you, if you're not instructed by the Bible, it will pull you to saying, someone take care of me. I just want to be taken care of. I'm a victim. Please help me. Government, my nanny state, please help me. I'm a victim. And this is what is happening to our society. So as our society goes more secular, our society will drift towards slavery. What you saw last year was a bunch of slaves in the making. They did exactly what they were told to do. 
People ask me, Grant, I don't understand why there was no pushback. I said, because the public school systems taught them how to be slaves. There's no independent thinking. There's nobody pushing back against someone that wants to take my liberty. You think John Adams and Washington would have put up with Fauci? <laughs> they would have put up with a Biden administration? Jefferson? Oh, no, no. They spelt blood for this country. They wouldn't have put up with any of this nonsense. But if you indoctrinate generation after generation to be a slave, basically pull Christianity out of the culture, pull them out of the schools, I can tell you what the sin nature will do. It'll go towards more dependency. This is why people have no problem taking money from the government. So people, what do you mean by that? Well, right now we have a problem with people in the workforce. They won't go back to work. Why? Because, well, I can make as much money, you know, sitting at home and, and playing video games than I can working. Why would I go working? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, wait, wait a second. Time out, time out. Where's the biblical admonition? If you don't work, you don't eat. Oh, I guess that's not kosher now. But see, they have created a dependent, uh, a dependent society. You know, they've, they've, they've done the numbers and you put all the welfare benefits, all the government entitlement programs all together. A person now could possibly make $50,000 not working. That's crazy. Our founders are turning in their graves thinking that that is happening. Because Benjamin Franklin said this, when the American people figure out that they can vote themselves money, the whole system's over. It's done. And they have. They have. Do you know, in our country's history, it was shameful to take money from the government? There was a time where it was actually shameful. It was like the last thing you do. You know, you, if you were, you were on, uh, hurting at a time, uh, you know, you, you would turn to your family and then you would turn to your community. Then you would turn to your church and then you would turn to the, you know, Rotary Club or whatever. You never turn to the government as a first resort. Let me show you this picture of this boxer from the Depression era. You remember the movie Cinderella Man? Okay, this is James Braddock, and he was a boxer in America during the Depression era. And, you know, obviously Depression, horrible conditions. He ended up taking money from the government, the welfare system, because he had to put food on the table, so be it, no problem. But in that era, it was shameful to do something like that. So what he did is when he started boxing and he started winning his bouts, the money came in from winning. And you know what he did? He paid it all back. Because in that era, you didn't do that. You paid that money. The government helped you. You actually paid the government back. I'm thinking, does anybody getting government aid today pay the government back? Hey, you know, things are picked up for me and I've got a job. Let me pay you back. No, no. I'm entitled to it. This victim mentality creates an entitlement mentality. Boy, have we changed. Boy, have we fallen. Do you think the next generation coming from behind us understands God freedom, biblical freedom? I wonder. Doesn't seem like it. Let's start in verse 8. It says, remember the Sabbath day. Now, it's simple enough, and we'll talk a little bit about the Sabbath, but let's just start right there in what it's trying to say. It's telling Israel, remember, remember. You will do this every week, and you will remember that when you do it, what you are. 
Now, here's the crux of the matter that the founders saw in this, that you and I can see in this, is the basis of freedom. What do you mean? How, how is the Sabbath communicating freedom? Because they were slaves in Egypt, and a slave doesn't have a day off. A slave works every day. But God redeemed them out of their slavery and created a free nation. And to symbolize that freedom, he gave them the Sabbath. To show them you are not slaves, you are free people. And you will remember always that you're free people. And don't you ever put yourself under the yoke of another taskmaster, of another nation, of another person that will make you a slave to them like Pharaoh did. So the concept of biblical freedom comes from the Sabbath and other passages as well. So what were they to do? Well, well, remember, remember. The idea in remember has to do with teach, teach, teach. Understand that freedom is not inborn in us. Our sin nature doesn't understand it. So therefore, we have to be taught from God or the Bible about what freedom is. Therefore, every generation of Israel was responsible for teaching them about this freedom. And they had to pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. Now, there were times where Israel forgot and got yoked up with other nations and became slaves. But it was the idea of instruction each generation. Now... Let's bring it to us. There for a while, America was real good about this. In our public schools, colleges, universities, America was celebrated. Patriotism was celebrated. American values, Christ, Christian, Judeo-Christian values, were passed on. For goodness sake, they had prayer in the school. They had the Ten Commandments. They read from the Bible. Some of the primers that they read and learned English was from the Bible. They learned all the Bible stories in schools. Our country did a very good job of keeping that generation taught what is the basis of liberty. But it stopped. You know when it stopped? It's when John Dewey got a hold of our educational system in the 1940s. John Dewey, which is celebrated among progressives and leftists, is the one who did in our education. Not only did the parents not teach what liberty was, but the schools forgot it, and they forgot to teach it. They kicked God out, they took the Bible out, took out prayer, and all of a sudden they tried to create a secular society. But when you create a secular society and you don't have the biblical basis for it, then you create people who don't even understand what liberty is. And it's been forgotten. Our younger generation has no clue what I'm talking about. If you ask the younger generation, tell me what, what liberty is, they can't tell you. They'll probably say something like this. It's freedom to do anything you want to do. No, it's not freedom to do anything you want to do. You're responsible. You know what some people tell me now? Their adult children have been so indoctrinated by the public schools that as grandparents, they're being told, you cannot see the grandkids if you're going to talk about Jesus. You cannot see the grandkids if you talk about Trump. You cannot see the grandkids if you talk about politics or anything, your conservative values. You cannot see the grandkids unless you keep your mouth shut. Now, over and over, I have people tell me that, that that's the rules now. We can't talk about anything now. Because 
Their children, their adult children, have been indoctrinated by the school systems, by the colleges and universities, by the society, by media, by all these other people. And it's forbidden that the grandparents instruct the grandkids. By the way, according to the Bible, it's not only the parents that are responsible for educating the children, it is the grandparents. And they are getting in the way of that. You know that whole thing, what was in the 60s, don't trust anyone over 35? Now it's this, don't trust anyone that says they're a Christian because they're a hater, they're a racist, they're a xenophobe, they're homophobic, they're Islamophobic, don't listen to them. And so the adult children that have been raised in our society look to the grandparents as, you guys are crazy, you guys are racist, you guys are haters. That's, how, that's what's happening, and a divide is happening even within families. It's really bad. Maybe you've been a part of that. Maybe you're having to deal with that. Our Liberty Bell in Philadelphia has a passage from Leviticus 25.10 on it. Our framers knew you had to teach it. So look at the passage they chose. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. Teach it to every American. They need to know what this is. That's what our Liberty Bell says. And yet, it's not being taught. So I wonder why people are becoming more enslaved. Now, here's the interesting thing. There are people in our country, there are basically three people, three types of people. People fighting for liberty, typically Christians. People sitting on the sidelines, letting this happen. And then the antagonists, the ones that are trying to destroy our country. Now, the one tactic they can do is interesting. It's attacking the symbols. Have you noticed they attack the American symbols? Now, this is how it relates to the Sabbath. The Sabbath was a symbol of the Mosaic Covenant. It was a sign. So anytime God makes a promise to Israel or even to us, there's always a symbol for it. He makes a covenant with Abraham. The symbol for that was circumcision. He makes a promise to Noah. The sign of that was what? The rainbow. And then the sign of the new covenant is the Messiah's blood. Okay? So with Israel, the Mosaic covenant, the structure of their society was based on the symbol of the Sabbath. And the symbol of the Sabbath is freedom. Freedom. That's our symbol. So think about our national symbols, the American flag. Our national symbol now is under attack. People are burning the flags. They won't stand up when we sing the national anthem. They won't do anything. They want to take that down. They want to take our symbols of freedom down. They don't, they, they're trying to propose a new flag. Did you know that? They're trying to, uh, who knows what this flag will look like? Some crazy thing. They ought to make it all red and put a hammer and sickle. Right in the side with a yellow star for China. That's what they ought to put if they're going to change our flag because that's what we're becoming. But they, they're attacking this stuff, attacking the Constitution. They say, this was written by white slave owners who, who were racist. That's a lie. They were going to deal with the slave issue. They were. But the fact is, every country, every nation, every kingdom dealt with this, and we finally dealt with it, and we're the one of the free countries that dealt with it. Bill of Rights, 
Oh, that's xenophobic. That's the patriarchy. The, the, the Bill of Rights symbolizes the patriarchy and the oppression of women and the oppression of people. The Bill of Rights? Yeah, that's what they say. Constitution, Declaration of Independence. Eh, it was just a bunch of white guys, slaveholders. We need to burn the whole thing down. They'll say America was founded in 1619 as a bunch of slaveholders. That's a lie. That's a historical lie. His historians have already proved the 1619 project was wrong. So anyway, interesting thing enough, when Trump was in office, he proposed the 1776 bill or act or something like that. I can't remember. And it was supposed to be put in our school systems to teach kids to love our country, patriotism, national anthem, American flag, our, 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 our history. You know when Biden got in office what he did first day? Signed into an executive order, killing it. Killing it. Because why? They want the hatred for America. And now I see this general, what, uh, uh, Mills. Was it Mill? Millie, Millie, Millie. There you go. I see this general, one of, uh, 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 of West Point, telling us that, oh, we need to teach the cadets at West Point critical race theory. And he was lying. He was lying. We don't support critical race. He does because other reports came out. Tucker Carlson exposed this guy. So did Laura Ingram. They all exposed this guy. This general was flat out lying. In fact, the cadets at West Point, your future generals, are sitting in a two-hour class being told about white rage. That's what's happening in our military. And the other guys are not far behind. Another admiral, it's not just Millie, it was the U.S. Navy Admiral Michael Gaudet. He's chief of naval operations. So guess what he's teaching the sailors in our Navy? A 2019 book called How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibrahim X. Kendi. This is the most radical book, leftist propaganda you could possibly teach. And one of our admirals is teaching this to the cadets. It is off the chart. Off the chart. And if you think our military doesn't have problems, look what happened to Nell's, Nell's Air Force Base just right down the road from us. They had a drag queen show for the cadets. Who does that? Something's happening not only to the school system, but something's happening to the military. I was talking to John Haller this week, another prophecy guy. And he was telling me, he was show, sharing me a story of the mom, a, a military mom who was fit to be tied. Because her son in the military, I can't remember which branch he was in, sat there for a two-hour seminar basically teaching him that the 1776 project that Trump had to teach patriotism in schools was neo-Nazi and the students were forbidden, or the cadets were forbidden to be a part of that 1776 project. And he believed it. That's what made the mom even more angrier, that her own son believed it, what he was told. I'm telling you what, the reason he believed it, because he doesn't know the Bible and he doesn't know what freedom is. He doesn't know facts and evidence to succumb to something like that. But I digress, but I'm just showing you as an example the problems. So where does this culminate? When they attack our symbols, they attack our country, you get this. The Olympics are getting ready to happen, so the trials are happening, and you have Gwen Berry 
who refuses to acknowledge our national anthem, our flag, our country. This is what you get. Their head covered. Hey, I want to say this. If you did this in any other country like China or Russia, Putin would kill you. Chinese government would kill you if you didn't stand at attention for their national anthem. It is by our freedom that allows her to do that. But when she does that against the national anthem, she does it to all those branches you see on the wall. All the lives that were slain for her freedom to protest and say how bad America is. I want to tell her this and anyone else that won't stand for the national anthem. Get out! Get out of our country if you don't like it. Get out! We had people die for you and you treat America like this. She's part of the propaganda. She doesn't even know what she's doing. But that's what you get from our public schools. That's what you get from our media. That's what you get from Hollywood and everyone else that hates our country. And yet, she could not have risen to that level had it not been for America. Try that in Africa. Try that in communist China. Try to get to the level that she has achieved through another country. You wouldn't make it. Couldn't be possible. And so the funny thing is, you have all these elite athletes, whether it's the NFL saying that they're gay now, you have the NBA, you have uh, Major League Baseball, you even have the golf, the PGA, the LPGA, all on board on this. And these elite athletes all pretend that they're oppressed. Really? You're a multi-millionaire. How is it that you're oppressed? You made it. You're in part of the one percenters. And you're oppressed? Um, there, there's a, there's something not driving with reality with you at that point. I can't go there. It's crazy. Anyway, he says, go back to the text. It says, and to keep it holy, to keep it holy. The idea is that I'm going to create this situation where this day is going to be sacred, but it's going to be part of the structure of your week. Now, see, notice how we still are part of the seven day week. That structure's never left. God established the seven-day week. It's a divine, sacred structure, right? And so with this structure, our founders knew that God was doing this, and so they put the structure on our country. So this goes to my first principle. The principle is people need to accept and understand that the foundation for liberty comes from God of the Bible who created a sacred order in which everything works properly. So with freedom, in order for it to work properly, you have to be in concert with what God says and does. For instance, if you mess around with the structure of the family, you're going to turn the thing upside down. But now we have Johnny Depp's ex-wife saying uh, a little catchphrase, I don't need a ring to have a crib. Yeah, there she is, Amber Heard. She's so smart. She's going to raise a baby without a father. Why don't you talk to the prisoners in the prison and all of those who are in prison that don't have a father? Because that's the predominant stat in the prisons. They grew up without a father. Hmm, don't want to talk about that, right? But she's going to raise the baby on her own. All she needs is a sperm donor. That's all. She can take care of the rest. She has no idea what she's doing. When God creates a sacred order of a man and a woman, 
to raise children. It is the optimum for them. If you don't have that, you set the kid at risk. Drugs, alcohol, sex, you name it, all kinds of crime. I mean, the stats just like blow up when the kid is raised without a dad. She goes crazy. And she thinks she knows she's smarter because she has a million dollars or whatever. But how about this? It's not just the family unit that they're destroying. They're destroying gender. A sacred order is male and female. It's sacred. You can't break that. That's the way the thing is designed. When you go against that, you end up with chaos. And what do we have now? Everybody's whatever they want to be. You know what? What if I identify as retired? I, I'm, I identify as retired. I identify as 70 years old, even though I'm not. But I identify as a 70-year-old, and I'm going to retire. You would say, oh, that's crazy, bro. But that's what they're doing. That's what they say. I identify as this. Or uh, 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 this one guy I saw, he, he had 18 plastic surgeries because he's a Brit, British kid that wanted to identify as Korean. So he had 18 surgeries to make himself look Korean. But I can tell you this. It didn't make him look Korean. After 18 surgeries, he looked like what would be on the table of Dr. Frankenstein. That's what he looked like. Not trying to be mean, but you mess with your face 18 times, you don't look the same. Ask Michael Jackson. But if I can identify to anything I want to, what's the deal? See, you're breaking the sacred order. You're breaking the sacred order. You can't do it. A society won't function that way. So Thomas Jefferson said this, the laws of nature and of nature's God, they knew that we have to build a country based on this structure, based on this sacred order. Benjamin Franklin said the same thing. He said, uh, freedom is not a gift bestowed upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of God and nature. He's talking about the structure of, of God's order. But here's the key, and here's the clicker. Point number two is this. If you're going to have freedom, the people of the country must accept and practice biblical ethics and morality for it to work. An immoral, an immoral country, an immoral people will not experience freedom. Let me just take a, a practical application of that. So if someone says, well, I think freedom is defined as anything I want to do. Oh, by the way, that actually comes from the satanic book. That comes from the principles of Satan. Just do anything you want. That comes from Satan, by the way. So when you hear someone say, I define freedom as anything I want to do, that's Satan. Um, no, no. When you have freedom, you have to practice biblical morality. So, for instance, if I say, well, I, I can do anything I want to do. So I'm going to do drugs. Well, guess what? You won't have freedom. You will have an enslavement because you will be addicted to the drugs. Well, I'm free to practice any sexual thing I want to practice. Oh, okay, so then you will become a sex addict and you will become a slave to that. Anytime you go outside of the boundaries of morality, you actually make yourself a slave to something. And that's what our culture is doing. They think they're free, but they're not. They're enslaved. If you really want biblical freedom... Physically and spiritually, then you do not put yourself into immorality. Otherwise, you will be a slave to that immorality. That's how it works. 
That's why God doesn't want us to be involved in that. He wants us to be free citizens. Franklin warned about this. He said this, Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. Have you ever seen the legal book of California, how many laws there are? Do you know why there's so many laws? Because the nation is corrupt and vicious. The state is corrupt and vicious. And so the more, the more immoral people are, the more uh, laws you have to have. I'm giving an example. You ever been in an airplane and you go into the, the restroom, which are very small, and on the restroom there's a sign, warning, do not tamper with the device, whatever that device is. I don't know what it is, but smoke thing or whatever. Do not smoke. Do not try to undo. Do not try to remove. Do not try to modify. And I'm like, I'm reading this thing in the airplane bathroom. And it's got like a list of 12 different things. Why? Why can't they just say, don't touch? Right? You would think you could just get one sign. Don't touch, man. The whole plane will go down if you touch. But you shall not modify. You shall not breathe on. You shall, I mean, just the whole thing. Why is that? Because fools have got in there and it says, well, it didn't say to modify. I could modify. Or it doesn't say not to, not to do this or do that. So they have to give more law for the idiots who don't understand don't touch. Because why? When you're not moral, you have to have law. And when you have more law, you have more slavery. If you're acting moral, why would I want to mess with that? Because I'm a moral pro- I, That would be destructive of, a, uh, uh, of damaging something else that doesn't belong to me. A moral person would know that. But other people don't. They don't know that. The other thing I want to point out, too, is principle number three, uh, in concert with the sacred order. Now, we don't get this necessarily from Israel. We get this from Christianity. Christianity is not a nation, because Israel did not have freedom of religion, by the way, because it was a theocracy. But Christianity promotes freedom of religion because the best way the gospel spreads is through freedom. You have to have a free society. that That's the optimum for the gospel. That's why Christianity is not a nation and therefore allows for freedom of religion. So that's the principle. People must be given the freedom of religion. Okay, our founders knew that. They knew that. But why did they know that? Not only did they get it from the Bible, but they got it from history. They knew and had saw that every totalitarian regime, every dictatorship, going back to Nimrod, going back to Pharaoh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and then throughout history, that every totalitarian regime takes freedom of religion away. That is the first thing to go. If you get freedom of religion taken away, forget the rest of your rights. And that's why communist China does it. That's why Russia does it. That's why Cuba does it. All these other nations, Venezuela, all of them, they took freedom of religion away. Guys, what happened last year? You had some of your religious liberty stolen from you. You were told not to go to church because you're going to be a super spreader. Lie. That's not true. You're going to kill people. Not true. They took your religious liberties away. 
And folks, they're not going to stop. Right now, they're taking your religious liberties away of freedom of speech. Say something, I dare you, on Facebook or Twitter that's Christian. Facebook shut down other Christian ministries for quoting the Bible. They said that language is offensive. They were just quoting the Bible. Freedom of religion is being removed. And guess what? How do you think we're doing on that one? Where are the churches? Where are they? Why did they go completely silent this last year? Why did they cave into this? Especially when we found out the facts. Why? What happened? Why did they just roll over and say, okay, tell me what to do, Gavin? Because that's a slave mentality. These pastors and churches have a slave mentality. They do not understand American freedom of rugged individualism. I'm responsible. So here's what you tell people if they're afraid to get the coronavirus or any variant, Delta variant or this and that, whatever they're making up. Well, great. You have the freedom to choose how you're going to respond. But don't make me do what you want me to do. I am responsible for my own body, not you and not the government. So if you think you're wearing a mask and putting a diaper on your face is going to help you, then put it on. But I'm not. Don't tell me I have to do it. See, people just gave up their rights. Oh, you don't want us to meet for church? No problem. I'll take a vacation for an entire year. Religious liberty is the first thing to go, guys. Religious liberty is the first thing to go. Before you know it, in America, you're going to have a state-ran church if we're not careful, if this doesn't stop. Verse 9. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God, and it and, and in it you shall do no work. Now, here's interesting. It's not about, hey, you guys get the day off, do anything you want. No, there's actually rules in the Sabbath. So some of the rules I'll mention, no traveling, no plowing or reaping. There was no kindling of fire, no gathering of wood. So basically... There was rules embedded in the Sabbath. And that is the only way you're going to have freedom is you have to have rules. You can't just let people do anything they want. There's not a blank check on freedom. You have to be responsible with your life for freedom to work. And what they have taught is you can do anything you want and we won't make you responsible. That my friends, is killing America. That you're just a victim, you're not responsible, that's what's destroying people. And that leads me to the fourth principle, and we'll, we'll finish up on this one. Biblical freedom demands responsibility, duty, obedience to the Lord, and you're not going to get away with it. What are we free from? On a physical level, what the Sabbath was teaching Israel is you're physically free from dictators, tyrants, people like Pharaoh. That's what it was teaching Israel on a physical level. On a spiritual level, it was teaching Israel, you are free from Satan. You are free from sin. You are free from sin and death if you trust in me. That's the, that's the freedom that Christ gives. If you believe in me, I will free you from your sin nature. Even though you still possess it, your will will be free. I will free you from condemnation. I will free you from going to hell. I will free you from your own sin. That's the things that God is promising. Free physically and free spiritually through him. 
but you must follow through. Franklin warned about this. He said this um, when they were doing uh, or making the Constitution, and they, they had the Constitutional Convention, and they were putting it together, and they finally got finished. And so this happened in, in 1787. Anxious citizens awaited outside the Independence Hall to hear the results of the Constitutional Convention. As the delegates left the building, a woman in the crowd asked, Well, doctor, what, uh, what have we got? Without hesitation, Franklin responds, A republic. But notice the last phrase. If you can keep it. If you can keep it. And folks, what he said reverberates through history to our day. Can you keep America? Well, what will that require of me? That requires you to get off the sidelines and take a stand. That requires you to be a voice to people who are pushing back to remove freedom. That don't understand America. That are trying to sell us another version of America. It requires you to tell the truth. And you have to be brave enough to do it. You have to. There's a Jewish proverb, and I think it, it, it bodes well for what we're learning. If not I, then who? If not now, then when? So if you and I don't act, who is? Because they're not out there in the world. They're not acting. It's going to come down to you and I. I'll end with what Ronald Reagan said in 1961. This is in 61 he said this. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. He's right. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. It's right because it's a value that has to be instructed and taught. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-fought lessons of how they, in their lifetime, must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. He said in 1961. Wow. It's, it's on our shoulders, guys. We're the only ones left fighting. I pray that the Lord strengthens you to fight for your religious liberty and for your civil liberties as well. Don't forget it. Don't give them away. Christ bought and paid for your liberty. Don't let anyone, a Newsome or a Biden or, or any of these people, steal your liberty away. Let's pray. Thanks for downloading the Anchor Podcast. We hope this study was a blessing to you. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website, rockharborchurch.net. Also, check out our YouTube channel, Rock Harbor Church Prophecy Update, where we focus on signs of the times and present a wide range of sermons and discipleship lessons. So until next time, keep looking up, for our redemption draws near.